Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wonderful Women of Golf. I'm Rick Wolfel. Even as a little girl, Kayla Kipp was mechanically inclined. Growing up, she spent a lot of hours in the family's garage alongside her father, who passed his passion for machinery on to his daughter. That passion led Kip into the United States Air Force and, following her discharge, into the turf industry as a mechanic. Today, she's the equipment technician at the Nemecolon Resort in Farmington, Pennsylvania, south of Pittsburgh. We're honored to have Kayla Kip with us on this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. Movers, 
everything from little to big, baggage conveyors. The variety of equipment that I've seen in the Air Force, I really feel prepared me for the variety of equipment that we see at a golf course. I mean, you see everything from a weed eater to huge toe-behind fertilizer spreaders, trucks and whatnot. So whenever I did get out of the Air Force in 2012, I needed a job, and I went to a local job fair, and the first thing that caught my eye was uh, the golf course was hiring. So I got on there. They uh, showed me how to rake sand and mow greens and Whenever they learned that I could turn a wrench, uh, they got pretty excited. <laughs> uh, they had me learning how to grind reels pretty soon after that, and the rest is pretty much history. I loved, I loved the attention to detail that related to my Air Force career a lot, and I love it wholeheartedly. That first golf course where Kip worked was the Wisp Resort in McHenry, Maryland. Um, that has two golf courses there, uh, Lodestone Golf Course and Fantasy Valley Golf Course. My first year there, I worked on the golf course and did a little bit of maintenance. That winter, I made snow, but it really wasn't my speed. I, I wasn't a fan of working the night shift. I like to watch the sun come up, not go down. And um, I actually departed from WISP for two years, and uh, they were hurting for a mechanic in 2014 and I went back full-time as the equipment manager, and I spent seven years. Until you ended up at Nemecolin to start this year, and where I wanted to go from here was what is involved when you get to a new facility. You are the equipment manager. What are the kinds of things you're looking at when you are settling into a new position like this? Number one, figuring out who I'm working with. So at my last place, I didn't have help in the shop. Here I do. Uh, Steve's been great. He's been very open to new ideas and moving things around. So learning my partner in crime was uh, job number one. <laughs> and the second most important thing was figuring out how much equipment we did have and what condition it was in. So they didn't have an equipment list per se. We weren't tracking hours at the time. I've only been there for two months, but we are getting a program together. We are talking with Drew Chabot at Toro about possibly getting some wireless hour meters and, you know, exploring our options as far as setting up a good preventative maintenance program. Those are, those are my top two priorities whenever I get to a new facility. When you establish priorities, and obviously everybody has to be concerned about manpower and budget issues and, and all that, what are some of the things that you're thinking about what you want to be able to do on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, number one is keep grass healthy. So quality of cut comes out of the shop, not, not out of the office. Uh, it is my job to make sure that whenever those reels go out on that golf course that they are cutting grass clean and they have a healthy healthy turf to go out and present for our players and guests. It's, it's paramount. If we're not providing a great cut on our turf and it's constantly unhealthy, we can't get ahead of the curve. When you come to work in the morning, what are the things that you're looking for to see to it that the equipment is in good shape, or to turn the question around, what are some of the things you might see that you would notice 
that maybe Chris would not or somebody else would not who is knowledgeable in your field is that something might be amiss. My partner in crime, Steve, he comes in about an hour earlier than I do. So he gets into the walking green smellers first thing in the morning, checks the cut on those so we know they're good as soon as they're going to go out the door. As soon as I get there, I pull in the fairway units that were used the day before, make sure they're ready for a turnaround. Um, usually when I walk into the the cold storage building where everything's parked, I'm looking for flat tires, looking for oil leaks, looking for things that might be parked in the corner that shouldn't be. Maybe somebody's trying to hide it. Um, you're always constantly looking at stuff. Um, how do you handle a situation if there's a problem with a major piece of equipment in the middle of the day, particularly if it happens out on the golf course? You've got golfers out there, you've got traffic, and you're trying to work around a situation. How often does that come up? Well, today, for example, we had a company in that was spreading fertilizer for us in a big truck. Uh, they would load it at the shop and go out with the truck and spread. The drive shaft fell off of that truck today. <laughs> and uh, Steve went out with the tractor and I followed in the mule. We strapped up the drive shaft and he, we towed the truck back to the shop where we could fix it. I mean, getting obstacles out of the playing area is number one. If we can return it to service as quickly as possible, that's number two. And if we don't have the parts for it, uh, we can usually shift reels around, maybe make it work if it's reel related. Um, but we do the best we can to turn equipment back over as fast as possible. Everybody knows it's hard right now because parts are hard to come by, shipping's a little slow, things aren't moving as fast as they used to. We're still trying to get out of this COVID wave. With that said, how important is it then to make sure you maintain the equipment that you have properly and are doing preventive maintenance and that kind of thing? It's extremely important. If you can find a cracked hydraulic hose that isn't leaking and replace it before it starts leaking, you're way ahead of it. So you, you haven't lost the fluid, you haven't killed any grass, you, you, it's, it's out there and you know it's good, but doing thorough preventative maintenance and inspections is super important. Um, I like to put eyes on everything as often as I can. Well, we have a lot of equipment to go through between the two of us. It's a lot. It's, it's a nonstop job between keeping the turf healthy and preventative maintenance on equipment. So what kind of hours have you been putting in at your previous position, or do you expect to put in at your present position as we get into the peak of the golf season? We are in it. We, we made a really quick jump from uh, early spring with a couple of snow showers to midsummer. It feels like um, today was a little cooler, but uh, it was about 80 degrees over the weekend. It was really beautiful. So at my last place, I was the only equipment manager and tech on the property, and those two courses were four miles apart, and I was averaging around 50 hours a week, and that was really trying to keep my overtime down. At and Having Steve makes it super helpful to have help in the shop because I can focus on grinding, get the grinding done in an efficient manner. If anything comes through the door, Steve can grab it and take care of it. If he needs a hand, 
then I can help him. So right now, between me and Steve, we're looking at uh, probably about 50 hours, but that's both of us together. We work six days a week. We split the weekend. It's, it's, it's been a little crazy. It's been an odd transition, but a good one. Um, I'm always looking for ways to improve the process. How important is it then to build a relationship with the people you work directly with, uh, with your colleague, with the superintendent, with the rest of the golf staff, with management, with resort management, so that if nothing else, they have an understanding of what you do? It's super important. I mean, the the common comments that we receive is, oh, you work on the golf carts. And, uh, it's far from that. We work on so much, it's not even funny. Um, so first thing, uh, walking into Nemecolon was, you know, what, what do you guys need? What do you, what do you want? Like, what didn't you have that you want now? And basically what they said is we want a better real maintenance program. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get on it right now. I had Mike Rollins from SIP come up. He was there within a couple weeks. He got me up to speed on the SIP grinders. I've pretty much been grinding every day since I've been there. It's, uh, they, they have some pretty aggressive agronomy practices. They've been top dressing fairways and uh, greens too. So a lot of back and forth. But, I mean, it was the little things in the beginning. Uh, they told me what they wanted. I told them what I needed to do that for them. And it was, it was really easy. The communication part is really awesome with Chris. He's very open to new ideas, doing things better, more efficient. Um, little thing I did, we have a whiteboard where we do our meetings in the morning. We have five fairway units. Usually not all of them are ready every day. So instead of them having to trace me down and figure out which ones are ready, I mark it every day which ones are ready to go. Use them in this order. And it's, it's just made it a lot easier. I think they like it. I like it. And uh, it'll only get better. As soon as we get through some sand, it'll get a lot easier. Let's take this in a bit of a different direction. Uh, the recognition of equipment managers and equipment technicians within the industry. Uh, what has been taking place over the course of your career that is getting you and your peers on the equipment side a little more recognition slash respect uh, for what you're doing. So through GCSAA, um, the Golf Course Superintendent Association of America, they are promoting us as equipment managers. You know, we are the number two guys and gals uh, on the staff. GCSAA's mission statement is, you know, they're dedicated to serving their members, advancing the profession, and improving communities through the enjoyment, growth, and vitality of the game of golf. So, but what better way to advance the profession of an equipment manager than to create a program where they can promote themselves, show their leadership and their peers what they know, and and get certificates for that. Um, level one and level two are certificate programs for the equipment managers. And now, <laughs> today, the Certified Turf Equipment Manager Program launched. So you can achieve a certification through GCSAA, letting the whole world know that I know what I'm doing, I am proficient in all of these areas, and it's, 
it's taken me different places. Like, Nemecolin's a pretty sweet gig, okay? And uh, I don't know that I'd be where I am today without the programs that GCSAA and uh, folks like myself that have served on the equipment managers task group. I don't know where I'd be without it. What were some of the issues that the equipment managers task group was trying to address or hoping to have addressed as it was in the process of putting uh, this program together? I believe part of the things we were trying to, I wouldn't say issues addressed, uh, trying to improve upon pay rates for equipment managers. Uh, you're, I mean, look at your equipment manager and ask them what you're asking them to do on a daily basis. You're asking them to be an electrician, a welder, uh, a hydraulic troubleshooter. Uh, you want them to know how to work on spray systems and cutting units, uh, fabricate things, uh, how to tear down an engine. I mean, you're asking them to do jobs that a lot of folks do as a specialty. So we are the jacks of all trades. You're active with a turf managers group on Twitter. What has that done as far as allowing equipment managers to communicate with each other and kind of share things that they're experiencing? I have to give all the credit to Trent Manning down in Georgia. He started the Real Turf Text podcast. Um, we're a lot of episodes in. I think I was in episode number seven or so. Um, so if you wanted to hear more of my story, that's where it would be. And you can pull up the Real Turf Text podcast on your favorite podcast listening, streaming there. And he also started a WhatsApp group with the Real Turf Text, anybody that wanted to be in there. We share information on a daily, pretty much. Uh, issues we're having, maybe just a, a triumph we're, we're sharing with each other. It's, it's a really tight-knit community, and it's really fun to know where everybody's at because, per se, I'm about to go down to North Carolina. Hey, <laughs> I'm coming down to North Carolina. Who's there? And, you know, you get three or four people who are like, hey, yeah, stop by the shop whenever you come down. Um, it's Makes us makes it easier for us to share our stories and issues and get our issues resolved in a timely manner. Someone were looking to go in this direction for a career, as apart from being a superintendent or assistant superintendent, what kind of qualities or what kind of attributes would be advantageous for them? Would make them a good fit for your profession? Attention to detail. Uh, a go-getter, someone that's always looking for the next thing to work on. Um, you can fall behind really easy in this position if you're not always thinking about how you can improve what you're doing, what the course is doing, what the superintendent's trying to provide for the, the guests. You have to have enthusiasm for, for what you're doing. If, if you come to work and you change a little and it's, it's no fun, it's probably not for you. And if, if you don't like tearing things apart and having to figure out how to put them back together, maybe it's not your cup of tea. But if, you, if you're into it and you can keep yourself busy, you, you'll have a long career. I mean, there is no shortage of things to work on on a golf course. And if you get busy or, you know, if you catch up in the shop, you can go out on the golf course and, uh, get into something, because they always have a list of things that need done, too. I'm 
thinking too, and this applies to the turf side of the golf industry, having that enthusiasm is really important for anybody to be successful. It's very hard to be successful in a profession like that if you don't have that enthusiasm for it. Absolutely. You have to love what you do. You have to. Otherwise, it's just no fun. Your military background taught you to be able to adapt to changing situations or circumstances that change suddenly. How has that been helpful to you in what you're doing now where things can happen very suddenly? I'll be honest, I'm still growing in that area. Um, but yeah, things change by the second at the golf course, just like they would on the battlefield. Being able to adapt to an issue that's happening right away. Um, great thing now, I have, we have plenty of backup. If one goes down, we usually have one or two waiting in the wings that can go out to replace that piece if it's down. Um, at my last place, it was a little more of a of a fire whenever something happened. But like I said, you, you make it happen. Uh, you can swap reels around. You can maybe adjust the mowing schedule and get you through the day. What would you say the most satisfying part of this job has been for you? I really love going out and playing. Uh, I know the amount of time I put in in the shop. Whenever I actually get out and go play, and I can take my time and really take in what we've been putting the work in on, I, that, that's one of the greatest things. And in golf, you get instant results. What the work you put in is instantly reflected on the golf course. That's probably my favorite part. I don't change brakes on a car and don't see it for two years. It's, I'm, I ground those reels yesterday and you're mowing with them today and they look awesome. And that's, it's the best payback you can get. You get instant feedback. Kayla, we thank you for spending some time with us and uh, appreciate all that you and your peers do to enhance the golf experience for those of us uh, who play this game. Thanks very much. Thank you, Rick, for having me. Our thanks to Kayla Kipp for joining us on this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. My name is Rick Wolfel. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. We thank you for that, and we invite you to join us next time.